as you may have come to expect by this point, this is editing Tim here because he has to step in and say something. So uh, a couple of things you might want to know before you really get into this episode. Number one, the majority of this episode is pretty much exclusively related to some uh, spoiler leak type of things for The Rise of Skywalker. So if you're somebody who tries to avoid that sort of thing, this is definitely not the episode for you. Just to be fair, just so you know now. Um, and the other thing is, I before we recorded this, I was actually recently uh, pretty sick and I had some respiratory things going on. So I don't sound completely normal <laughs> through the course of this episode, and especially the longer that it goes on the more that uh, I was using my voice and, and kept talking through the whole time, the, you know, more you might hear some weird, weird things uh, just because, just like, words that come out weird or something. Um, still not completely 100% yet, but anyway, uh, so hope you enjoy. I hope it's not, not too bad to listen to me talk in, in this one, and uh, let us know what you think. Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. So welcome to Podcast 2187. And this is this is pretty cool for those of us who really like to keep up with the whole spoiler territory and find out about the, 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 the latest, we'll say rumors, but, you know, the latest on what's going on with the, the story and The Rise of Skywalker, what's going to happen for the plot and how this movie's going to look. The reason I say all this is because recently there there have been... Uh, I guess you could say kind of like there's been a dump of news for the plot, and uh, there's a lot to go over, a lot to discuss. And as always, I'm very happy to be here talking about it with Mark. And first, most important thing is to check in and see how he is. So, Mark, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm in the middle of uh, I always do things remotely, so I'm in the middle of, of doing things. Middle uh, of doing things. Well, you know, if you've been listening to Podcast 287 for any considerable length of time, you know that uh, I've done it outside of pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. I did it outside of Round Tables Pizza. Right. I did I did it, you know, uh, broadcast from a park where kids were playing. I, 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 tend, to, I tend to almost be uh, a person who should belong on, like, Megan's List or whatever based on the places that, I, that I'm parked in cars doing podcasts because there's always children present, but... That's because my son's usually either at the pizza place or playing baseball. But today, I'm kind of walking around doing things, talking with, with Tim here. And, and Tim, you haven't been feeling well, have you? I've had better days, yeah. But, you know. Can we, can we down in the dumps? <laughs> oh, gosh. Tim, 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 not feeling so good? No? Uh, you know, I will say he, he is doing and sounds way better than the past few days. Like, it oh, was important. Like, like it, it was pretty horrific sounding the past couple of days. I, my voice, it's, it's a miracle that it sounds like it relatively normal right now. Did you get that chicken soup I sent? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciated that. Oh, you're welcome. See? Love, man. This yeah. Year. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. I have no idea what that means. It means that we are now sponsored by Subaru. Oh, sweet! Um, right, so... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you give me the info on that later. Yeah, well, I I want to get the info myself on that later. Anyway, uh, so yeah, spoilers and stuff. It's very exciting. So basically, what happened is we have a new article, a new report that came out a few days ago from Jason at MakingStarWars.net, 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This is going to be... We're not just talking spoilers. This is potentially the entire movie for the most part. Not necessarily like, like, a, like a generic plot line. Yeah. Not every detail, but yeah. Obviously, so if, if you're avoiding this stuff, like head on out right now, please. Yeah, get out. For Run. your own sake. Or, if you're still here, then you're like us. Welcome. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Jason making StarWars.net article with some, some plot details in there. After that, not that long after, um, somebody, a, a user, on, actually a mod on Reddit for Star Wars leaks, who's known as Jedi Paxis, um, released his own ver- like article, like or post, I guess, um, that details a lot of uh, what, according to his sources, are the plot lines and, and storylines, I guess, of The Rise of Skywalker. And there are more details in there than uh, Jason had in his article. Because Jason's article wasn't supposed to be a synopsis of the movie or anything. Um, but Jedi Pax has put out his, and there's a lot of corroborating things between the two. And so we're just going to kind of cover those and, and see what's going on here. Now, it is worth mentioning that um, the, there are different histories here with these people. And Mark, you kind of want to go over and discuss the, the backgrounds for these yeah, two players. so, well, I can speak to Jason. I've known Jason, oh boy, uh, probably since 2005, we were on message boards together. Um, and so, you know, we, we've, hung, we've hung out in person. I, I've talked to him a lot, you know, not just about Star Wars, just about, you know, life. We went to Angel Game together. We, we know each other. What I do know about Jason is, is that as far as Star Wars spoilers and leaks are concerned he's not making things up he's not lying he's not uh inventing anything for clicks he if he's giving it to you it's because he honestly believes you know probably 75 percent, 80 percent accuracy that this is true he's he's sourced it uh you know as best that he can and he just doesn't drop stuff that he hears from one person you know one of the first things that that i saw from him um i've seen concept art uh that he's gotten in the past um i've seen other things that he's never released uh he he's a solid guy so when he reports something i believe it 100 percent, or i believe that he believes it and so there were things well because sorry go ahead tim no, no, I was just going to say, though, that, that it was for a little while, but before I started this podcast, um, I was on the uh, staff for MakingStarWars.net, and I think, I don't know, I've, technically, I guess I still am, but I just because I don't, like, you know, do op-eds or anything, but um, the point is, in a different capacity, I haven't known Jason for as long or anything, but I, I can tell everybody, like, he's not going to just put stuff out there to stir the pot, he's not going to try to mislead anybody or whatever. If he's putting these things out there, it's because he stands behind it as what is legitimate and his best understanding of things. And he has been so accurate through the past that if if at some point he said that something was going to happen and it didn't, it's because it was in a previous draft of a script or something like that. You know, right. it, it's been proven. And there, there are many people who try to, to disprove or whatever, like, oh, well, look at this thing that he said happened. Well, it's just like I said. He initially said something was going to happen, but then that was changed during the script writing process. But that doesn't mean it was wrong, you know? Well, and, that, and, of... and that's a small percentage of the things anyway. Most of it, it happens exactly like he says. 
most of the TFA stuff, you know, the Force Awakens stuff was uh, the latter half of the movie that he got wrong. Except mm-hmm. the concept art and the original draft showed that he didn't get the stuff that they reworked at the end. Right. You know, he he was getting his stuff before those changes. So the final pro the final, you know, film was not exactly what he saw or what he reported on, but he was reporting on, on different steps in the process. You know, it, it, we, we know just from listening to JJ Abrams talk that, that in some of the reshoots, the whole character of the whole dynamic between Ray and Finn changed after they started filming the movie. Yeah, you know, and, there, there, there's shots in the trailers that don't exist. That you're trying yeah. to figure out where does this take place? That's certainly true. And also if you, it's a very fluid thing. So if you keep up with him, and and keep up with his posts and stuff through time before the movie came out again if you kept up with it everything he had given you the entire picture by that point so you can't just read one article that comes out like six months before the movie and think that that's exactly or or, you know a year before or whatever because it's a fluid thing so if you keep up with it and update and everything then, then it's correct anyway i'm not trying to like defend him against the internet or anything but like this is like this is the source (laughs) Right. I mean, the, the number one source, for the most part, on uh, on accurate Star Wars leaks. So, you know, now we've got Jedi Praxis, who has been, who's beaten Jason to the punch, I believe, on one thing, right? The Oracle? Right. And Jason corroborated that he had heard that as well. So now you've got a situation to where he's kind of corroborating what Jason's put out, but... Here's the rest of the movie. And so Jason's kind of come out and said, well, look, I can't, you know, corroborate any of that stuff. I can only say, you know, with, with as much certainty as I can that what I'm reporting on, I believe to be true. Yeah, I think he did say some other things he's heard, but not everything else. And, and a lot of, you know, and, and even though, even though, Jedi Praxis's information is from A to Z, let's say, the, the synopsis. There's chunks of what could be like Arthur S. Missing, you know? Or it's like, wait, they never, you can definitely tell that W is not reported, you know what I mean? So even though, even though there's almost an alphabet, there's key letters missing in this timeline that, that makes you go, okay, I don't understand. You know, they wouldn't just leave that out. Well, not only that, but certain details might also be different from the final right. product because, don't forget, we have two sets of hands in this movie, being Colin Trevorrow and J.J. Abrams. And not only reworking and rewriting a new script when J.J. took over, but incorporating some of Trevorrow's elements into it. So, well, it, you know, it, it's a difficult thing to try to figure out if every detail is exactly going to be the way it is in the final product, or if it's a part of the evolution of the story. Now, the funny thing, I saw some people suggesting that uh, Jedi Praxis was working off of um, Trevorrow's script uh, rather than, you know, right. an accurate script. So really, really hard to say, you know, but everything is interesting for discussion. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's definitely... Definitely something that we like to do here, like speculate. And now we have some things to speculate about. So with that, Tim, where do you want to start? 
I guess we can just kind of take everybody through the making the Star Wars article because that was the first thing to come out. And uh, this is just, again, a couple interesting things from the movie. So the first thing listed here talks about the first uh, scene for Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. It might, it's probably going to be like the second actual scene in the movie, but Rey's first scene in there where it says that, uh, and this is again from makingstarwars.net as a source, it says, uh, more than one source that appears credible has noted that the film, as far as Rey is concerned, opens with her training in the woods by General Leia. And uh, basically what it's saying is that it appears that Leia is the one who is training Rey in her Jedi development at this point. And that's, that's Jason reporting that, right? Yes. That's both reporting it, actually. Right, right. But at this point, we're looking just at Jason's. Um, and it says that uh, he, he notes that it makes sense to him because if Leia had any cut scenes from The Force Awakens about trusting your instincts uh, or the fortune cookie type bits of wisdom, they could easily make those into training scenes. Yeah, what do you think about that? I, I, I think it works, honestly. I like it. I think it, re- I think it works really well. Yeah. And it's one of those things that amount of times that we've talked about the movie and what we'd like to see and all that. It, it, you know, it didn't occur to me that this might be something that they do. And then once it's presented, you're like, oh, man, it makes complete sense. Well, and at some point, J.J. Abrams was talking about, uh, I, I read or heard him saying, he was talking about they were just going through footage of uh, Gary Fisher from before. And at some point, it just kind of hit him. He was like, whoa, like, this fits perfectly. This is what we have to do with her story. And, and that's how they worked it. So I could see them going through these uh, cutscenes or whatever and having her, they, they could be sitting there and be like, what, is she training somebody? And be like, oh, crap. <laughs> Something like that works. Right. Well, and, and, and if they are able to piece that together from, you know, deleted scenes, it's incredible that you can piece something that makes so much sense. Right. You know, because even though she's never been a Jedi, so to speak, you imagine that Luke did train her. Right. In something, you know. Yeah. How much? Hard to say, but you imagine that she she is trained at some point, so. In the, uh, let's see, the next part here goes over where, um, well, it kind of translates into 3PO's red eyes in the trailer. But it says that uh, there is a murder weapon involved in this movie and that it is some sort of dagger, supposedly Sith-related dagger. Um, It says that a contact of the Rebellion is killed and a dagger is found next to the body. The contact knows of the location of the Emperor's planet in the Unknown Regions. The dagger has a mysterious inscription on it written in Sith. The problem is that no one can translate it, not even 3PO, who is, of course, fluent in many types of communication. Okay, so um, it says that they go to uh, Kijimi because they're going to try to like reboot and quote-unquote hack 3PO's system to allow him to, able to, to translate the Sith text because I guess it's the protocol or something that won't allow him to do that. Um, in the process, uh, or actually, no, I think this is in the other, other, no, there it is, there it is. Um, and I think it, somehow, like, 3PO's, uh, uh, he's backed up into R2, which kind of goes along with the previous, like, we heard about that leading to, leading to some funny issues for R2, so. Anyway, uh, the other kind of part to take about that, that's, that's why his eyes are red, because he's, you know, being, like, hacked, so to speak, to be able to read the, or rebooted 
to read the Sith text. He's evil. Sure. Uh, and then also it says that apparently Zori Bliss, who is, of course, Carrie Russell, we've seen in some of the promo shots. Um, she has some sort of past with Poe. Uh, and that kind of plays into the story a little bit here. And apparently she was originally going to report this, uh, the, the crew of our main heroes to the First Order, but didn't because of that and ends up helping them due to her previous relationship however you read into that with Poe. Is it a romantic pan, uh, relationship? Might be. Will this ruin some people's chances at seeing uh, uh, Poe and Finn? Uh, uh, you never know. I mean. Well, it's one of the ships I hate. <laughs> uh, let's whenever, whenever, whenever guys are friends in, uh, in, in movies it's automatically. Ooh! Let's have... Steve Rogers and uh, Bucky be an item and we'll call them Stucky. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't Google that, people, please. Uh, let's see. And it's, Anyway, so after the 3PO uh, does translate the inscription, something there points Ray to the Emperor's Wayfinder device, which is on the forest moon of Endor. Kylo is in possession of Darth Vader's Wayfinder device. So while Kylo has Vader's, Ray is trying to get Palpatine's Wayfinders. Okay. Now, the Wayfinders are going to be more explained, I guess, in the next... Uh, well, not explained, really, but you'll get more of a concept of what they are in the next leak, I would say, with the Paxis one. Can we can we talk about... Uh, are, you, are, you, are we done with this one? No. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, the other thing it says is Sith Ray, you know, from the trailer, or the, the special look, I guess. Um, it says that uh, when she touches the Emperor's Wayfinder device on Endor, she sees wait for it a vision of herself in the dark side, so to speak so it does seem that this is a vision and not some sort of clone or you know, she actually goes dark or whatever else a lot of people were speculating it was a vision now whether or not it's a uh, uh, Emperor Strikes Back cave style vision or whatnot that was being debated but it appears that it's when she touches the Emperor's Wayfinder device that she has this vision of the dark version of herself. And it gets interrupted by Kylo trying to initiate their force bond thing and find out where they are. That, um, sounded, th that sounded a little naughty. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, and then I think the last thing uh, is that Ray and Kylo have a force confrontation. So Kylo has been desperately searching for Ray, and he quickly turns the conversation to Ray's parents. He tells her that he never lied to her, everything he said was true. But her parents sold her to keep her safe and use the money for drinks. Uh, she then sees <laughs> the vision that Kylo saw in The Last Jedi. So I guess she then sees what he saw about her parents. Uh, he says the huge reveal, though, is that Rey's parents are killed with the Sith dagger that, she, that they were transcribing with 3PO before. She gets really, really mad about this, and they start to fight and that, during their like, force bond thing. And the fight begins on the remains of the Death Star 2. And that's what we see in the special look again at the end. So that pretty much, I think, wrapped the new details from the Making Star Wars report. Now, there was, there was one that came out after the next one we're going to talk about, Praxis. Uh, and that was like Bespin Bulletins, I think. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. So I think it ties in more with Jason's stuff than anything else. And, and it actually seems grounded. I think this guy, Jason, said this guy's been pretty accurate, too. 
Uh, yeah, they, they, they've, only, they've collaborated on a couple of things before. Yeah, and the only reason I even realized it or remembered it is because people, they're reporting that we're going to see Ewoks. That's yes. what we're supposed to Ewoks aren't going to do anything. You just see them in the background. And I'm sorry, but that's good enough for me. I mean, yeah, that, that is pretty good. I, I do like hearing that. They said well, that. The, the last thing we get about anything is, is these, uh, these emotional support Ewoks from, from Chuck Wending's book that Ewoks are basically treated like friggin' dogs and sent to live with people uh, like with PTSD to make them feel better. But you know, Ewoks are sentient beings living on their planet. Why do they feel like they need to go and, and be emotional support animals or Ewoks is, is kind of a ridiculous idea in a way. Well, and also in the Bespin Bulletin reports, I think that was after Jedi Paxis uh, had his out, but it was one other thing uh, to kind of put in there that the other two didn't have, which is that he said Kylo and Rey at one point are at ease with each other in a cave. And there's a red pyramid-shaped device only a tad bigger than hand size. That would be... Well, I'm like, what's the first thing you think of when you hear that? Yeah, the holocron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else it could be. If it is anything else, they're like trolling by not doing making it a Sith holocron. Yeah, first time that thing would show up in, in, uh, in regular live action, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess that was about it for that. We do have, and this is a little bit heftier, we do have some uh, storylines, I guess, from the Jedi Paxis release on Reddit. Do you want to dive into that? Like, yes, I, have I, it, I, I have it pulled up here, but like, you ready to get this discussion going? Oh, yes. That's okay. what I'm waiting for, actually, because some, some of it's like, okay, I don't really have a problem with any of it, per se. Just there seems to be, like I said, key pieces of the puzzle missing. There, honestly, overall, I like if this is true, I like it. There are two things that I have an issue with. Other than that, I, I do like it. So we can get into this. The full details and, and story plot leak, according to Jedi Paxis, or not, not full, but you know, a, a comprehensive look, I guess. So it started, uh, started by saying that in a previous leak, as he's already said, uh, it has been reiterated to him that they will be getting young Luke and Leia flashbacks in The Rise of Skywalker. One in particular appears to be the opening of the movie. We begin the action by seeing one of, if not the final, training lessons between Luke and Leia. Leia is giving up her Jedi training due to the fact that she's pregnant with a son. I think they're going to name him Ben. Uh, my source in it, as in Paxis' source, on this mentioned a fight, so I believe that we may be getting Leia and Luke in a lightsaber duel beginning or toward the beginning of the film. Picking up in the current point in the timeline, Leia appears to have taken up the mantle of Jedi mentor to Rey in the wake of Luke's passing. So those kind of those kind of at least the the training part melds. The possibly opening with the flashback is interesting, but the thing is then is that you know they kind of made it. Well, would this be would this be de-aged Mark Hamill? Would this be Carrie Fisher from the back? They talked about, you know, that they wouldn't be using like doubles, so to speak, to film Carrie Fisher scenes. So how do you film that? Well, at some point, didn't they also say that Billy Lord was going to be a stand-in 
for Leia? I think that was a rumor, but I don't know. Thought so. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. There, I think the the CGI uh, uh, de aging of Mark Hamill will look realistic because they have that down. Yeah, and they have a lot to work with as far as source right. material. Well, no, yeah, and they have him who will probably be doing it, and they just you know de age him that way. Yeah. But now the Carrie Fisher stuff. Hard to say, because they'd be placing it over a person who's not her. Right. And then having to de-age that person. But I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting opening. I mean, it's never been done before as far as a flashback like this. Right. As it also says, uh, early on in the film, we catch up with Kylo's story where he is slaughtering people with the purpose of tracking down one of the film's MacGuffins, a device known as the Wayfinder. Now, supposedly the Wayfinder is what you would think. It's some sort of tool, almost like a compass or something. To This is just me talking here. To um, guide our characters to the treasure, so to speak. So, um, Next thing is, is Kylo obtains the Wayfinder from the Oracle, who was uh, in the previous league from Jedi Paxis here, and finds it to contain coordinates to a point in the Unknown Regions. The Wayfinder that Kylo is given once belonged to his grandfather. So he gets Vader's Wayfinder, which is what is in Jason's report as well. So how do, he's looking for the Wayfinder, killing people looking for the Wayfinder, and then he's like, oh, snap, I already have it. Is that right? Uh, well, no, because he had to go to the Oracle to get it. The Oracle basically says, the Wayfinder has been within you the whole time. Oh, I see. But you know what I mean? It, it's like... What's the what's the wayfinder? Is the wayfinder is the wayfinder in Vader's helmet? You know uh, that cranium. It fit a lot of stuff in there. Oh, it, I, it, I think it's just like in the collection of the Oracle. Like Kylo obtains the wayfinder from the Oracle. It says so. I think he just like convinces him to give it to him or something. So then that's a story for another day. Kind of like uh, Maz getting the lightsaber. Like how did it happen? Probably, yeah. And this. Uh, that'd be interesting. So, are we assuming that that's the planet that he's like, you know, doing clotheslines on people from from the first trailer? Yeah, uh, that that is the assumption. Okay. All right. It says uh, using the coordinates found within the Wayfinder device, Kylo arrives in the unknown regions. Here, Kylo encounters Emperor Palpatine. How Palpatine is still alive and how he ended up in the unknown regions is still a mystery that uh, Paxus hopes to learn more about in the next few months. Uh, he says his source on his, on this tells him that it is indeed Palpatine in the flesh. Kylo and Palpatine's conversation apparently centers around ordering Kylo to find Rey and bring her to the Emperor with the goal of turning her to the dark side. So the source also specifically mentioned that Palpatine is very old and decrepit at this point, possibly on the verge of death. And uh, Pax has looked into it and he says that he would be around 113 years old at this point in the in this timeline. So obviously, with that, was the other Palpatine the real Palpatine uh, a clone? Was the one that died in Jedi really Palpatine? Or are they going to try to do like the Darth Maul route somehow? I don't think so. What he falls down into the shaft, gives up some energy, crawls into a shuttle, and flies away. I mean, I don't. And then doesn't, and then doesn't immediately tell people. Bullshit, I'm alive. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. 
But you know what I mean? Instead, instead in the can in the new canon, you've got robots with Palpatine's face saying, "Don't believe the rebels." You know what I mean? Right. It's a lie. But if he's really alive, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I honestly don't think. You know, everyone talks about mysteries and who is Snoke. We didn't find that out. And when you saw the first movie of the trilogy, you didn't know who Emperor Palpatine is. I don't think that's going to work in the scenario. I don't think you're suddenly going to get Palpatine and be like, "Well, don't worry, we'll explain everything." Right. In in the books, it's like, well, no, uh-uh. it doesn't work that way. Right. When I when, when I watched Darth Maul come back in the Clone Wars, you didn't tell me to, to go read a comic. <laughs> you explained it. Right. So. Well, it also says here that the Emperor's goal in luring Kylo to him and converting Rey to darkness is more or less to have Rey and Kylo inherit his new empire and for them to rule it together. So he's done with the rule of three? Or he knows he's dying and he wants to give it over? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's it's the second option. Based off of what's being said here, this is one of my question marks on this report. Is is this the past like paragraph that we've gone over about Palpatine here? But well, I think yeah, I, I think he's definitely my big question mark because it's gonna it's gonna boil down to he's my question mark as far as how's he alive? Um, you know, what's his purpose? What was Snoke involved? You know, that's that's my big confusion on it. You know, because we've heard the whole idea that he may be jumping bodies or whatever. Or may have been jumping bodies. Yeah, and I'm and, much more in line with that. Personally, I, like, I think that make, makes a bunch better and easier story than this. But Well, yeah, you can even have him to where he always has a host body he has to go back to, in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like almost Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange cannot be away from his astral body. Uh, and they even say that, I think, in the movie in, Insidious, that you know, the longer you're away, the less, you know, you have. So it could be one of those scenarios where he's jumping, but his body is still dying. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I do like the idea of, I do like the idea of possession, uh, Palpatine. And, you know, I was talking with, yeah, I always talk about him on the show, but I was talking with um, LA Kings Drew. Uh, that's his Twitter handle. And... I think I, I'm I'm ready for a really crazy story, you know. Uh, the farther out, the better, because when you first had obviously a new hope, it gets crazier with Empire, it gets crazier with uh, Jedi, and then each subsequent movie gets weirder and weirder and weirder and adds more to the mythos. So Force Awakens, eh, not so much, but then Last Jedi grounds this universe big time almost back farther than um you know than a new hope in a way right not many creatures you know uh, uh vegas is a thing it's right. just now a planet called canto bite or whatever so it's just one of those things the fantastical the the fantasy part of the science fiction you know dropped away in the last movie so i really hope that we get that back you know i like the idea of sith witches and, and, you know, resurrection and crazy things in the galaxy you don't understand. You know, I like on Rebels the space whales and, and all those sort of just stuff that initially you're like, what the hell? Yeah. But then it becomes part of Star Wars. You know, in a, a, you know, 
Palpatine floating around possessing people is the kind of Star Wars I actually look forward to. So, well, and it works because again, it makes sense that um, you can you can still give Anakin like that, that's the, you can still give Anakin the victory of having defeated Palpatine because if he actually like in the body survived, then he didn't do anything except save Luke. That's all he did. Um, and then, uh, I just find it more realistic in that it, it follows more of our world things. If you look at the, like the exorcist, for example, look at that movie. And this can more mirror that and have it still be a little weird. still be a little unusual, but not so far fetched that we're pulled out of the movie before we even get to the good part, so to speak. Yeah, and we're already watching a film where, you know, people have laser swords and, and, and people turn into ghosts. We've accepted that, that people can turn into ghosts from the Force. or And I'm just talking original trilogy here. You know, shoot lightning out of their hands. You know, levitate. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things to where we got giant... You can live inside a space slug and just chill out for a few hours while people are bombing you. Right. It, this who's you know who's to say this is not something in Star Wars? Yeah. Well, and and they've kind of gone over that too with you know the light side. Uh, when when you die, you have this, you become part of the Force, and you have this this glowing blue ghostness to you and all that. It's like a free spirit, so to speak. And it's been hinted at canonically in the past that if a Sith person dies, they get more of a haunting type of thing that than that you know so again this type of thing would play into that very well but didn't they have darth bane uh was a ghost when you yeah, right, right yeah 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 so like i said you know a haunting anyway so i i think that all works better but uh let's see in order to we're going back to the to the the post here in order to facilitate bringing about this new empire, Palpatine has spent his uh, 30 years of creating a fleet of Death Star Destroyers. And supposedly these are basically what we see in the special book. Again, with the army of Star Destroyers that have like the miniaturized Death Star tech on them, you know, with the little arm that comes out and, and shoots stuff. Yeah. Uh, and apparently those are also uh, part of the Sith fleet that have the Sith troopers in it as well. And Palpatine is really one of those type of guys who, who got married, had a horrible experience, and then decided he's going to keep getting married over and over again, hoping it changes. You know, because <laughs> you, you've, you've got the first Death Star fails, second Death Star fails, uh, Starkiller base fails. I was wrong. Death Star destroyers bam it'll work this time it's like you know think of something else man and when this doesn't work he's gonna be like okay okay i've learned it i learned the lesson we were closer this time than before we just gotta get smaller death star troopers (laughs) there you go they're they're like iron man where they have like death star tech coming out of the chest yep it's gonna fly around information yep anyway the post says enough about Ray and Kylo. Let's get back to the rest of the resistance. Apparently, we catch up with Finn and Poe returning to the jungle planet depicted in some of the behind the scenes images shown at Celebration. The duo has been in contact with an informant from within the First Order. 
The mole has told Finn and Poe about Kylo coming into possession of the Wayfinder. So again, let's just establish there is a mole within the First Order who is leaking things to Poe and Finn. Okay? That's going to be important later. Poe and Finn tell Leia about this, and she sends Rey, Chewie, 3PO, and the other droids to accompany them on uh, the mission, which is where we get our, our main group together for this movie. In order to get them going on their uh, request, Leia puts them in contact with someone on Pasana. It's at this point in the story where the Resistance team makes their way to the desert planet, which is Pasana, and it's revealed that Leia's contact is Lando Calrissian. He points them toward, yeah. A, yeah, toward another one of the film's MacGuffins, which is a Sith artifact, which is what turns out to be a dagger. And the dagger has some sort of writing on it that 3PO can't decipher. Again, you can understand how this kind of matches back into what Jason posted. Uh, and uh, supposedly, yeah, it has a Sith language or something that is written on it. During uh, the time on Pasana, Kylo initiates a Force mind link between himself and Rey. Through their connection, Kylo discovers where Rey and the Resistance crew are, and he leaves to pursue them. Eventually, Kylo and the Knights of Ren arrive and begin to attack the heroes. One thing leads to another, and the Resistance crew gets outnumbered, and they are forced to make their escape on an old ship and leave the Millennium Falcon behind. Kylo then recovers the Falcon and takes it back to his Star Destroyer. So I think that's interesting real quick, because that was like a deleted scene that from The Force Awakens that I've always said I thought was great, which was Kylo walking into the cockpit of the Falcon and just standing there in it. Yeah. I thought that was a great deleted scene. And to be honest, I still feel like that if they, if I could choose one or the other, I'd rather have that because of The Force Awakens being so centric around Han and the Solo family. And this was supposed to be more about the Skywalker family. But I'm just happy to have a Kylo and a Falcon moment in the, on screen. I like, I like, uh, I like that idea. I really do. When I was reading it, there's parts of it where I was like, what? But, but that was are they suggesting he's well? Are they suggesting he drives it or or flies it? Well, I think it, it says he he recovers it and takes it back to his star store. So I think the assumption is that he would, but he could also command troopers to do it. I guess. So so when we get our Ben Demption, um, do we get him at the end of the movie flying around in the Millennium Falcon with uh with the vest on and all that, like? Han's no. vest and Chewie by his side? No. No? That's no. not happening? No. Ben Solo and Chewbacca? No. Because Chewie, Chewie would have to look over and growl and go, by the way, I'm sorry for shooting you after you stabbed Han through the chest. But listen, you, you know, we have a whole franchise called Fast and Furious where at one point you're the enemy and the next you're your partner. And you may have killed, you may have killed part of the group, but later you're part of the group. It's possible. Yeah, Am this I is a little different. Star Wars? Why? They both have fast uh, ships, cars. Yeah. And yeah. Only one of them has Vin Diesel. Fast and the Falcon. No. Okay. Never mind. No. As previously mentioned. 3PO is confronted with a challenge he is not equipped to handle. The artifact found on Pasana contains a language that 3PO can't translate without modifications. In order to modify 3PO's programming, 
Poe brings the team to the wintry planet seen in the teaser, which is uh, Kijimi. There, 3PO is allowed to modify, uh, or is modified to allow translation of the artifact. Uh, the modification is supposedly done by a small alien. Uh, let's see. Once translatable, the dagger supposedly reveals information regarding a second wayfinder, this one having belonged to Emperor Palpatine, leading the team to journey to the forest moon of Endor. And again, that's where supposedly 3PO's red eyes go into the movie because it's part of the hack that allows him to translate the Sith artifact. Uh, let's see. During the events leading to the modification of 3PO, uh, Kylo initiates another Force connection between he and Rey. Kylo supposedly uses this as an opportunity to begin forcing Rey down the path of darkness. He does this by antagonizing Rey. He tells her that he knows about the dagger and what it was once used for. Kylo apparently tells her that this dagger was used to murder Rey's parents. Kylo maintains that her parents are nobodies in the grand story. And this angers Rey, and she lashes out at Kylo, and a lightsaber duel ensues. I want to pause here for just one second, because there's another big thing that we're about to discuss. But I just noticed one, one difference here, if I remember correctly. He, this article, or this post says that Kylo tells Rey that the dagger was used to murder Rey's parents. The Making Star Wars article says that Rey sees the same vision that Kylo saw, and she sees it herself. Kylo doesn't just tell her. Oh, yeah, it is a big difference. So I wonder, again, this is leading me to believe either if that's something that's lost in translation or if these are different drafts that we're working with or I'm just curious what's going on. Anyway, so it goes on and it says... Well, what, that, do you, uh, what, do you think, what do you think is more powerful? Oh, her seeing it. Right. And also her seeing it, though, leaves no room for doubt. Right. Kylo changing it up may make you wonder whether it's true or not. Well, sure, but I feel like with this being the last movie, now's not the time to do that. Like, just, just give the answer, uh, not the answer, but, you know, make it explicit and show it, have more impact on the character, and then be done with that. Fair enough. Uh, let's see, where was I? Uh, yeah, so she lashes out at Kylo and a lightsaber duel ensues. Rey is on Kijimi and Kylo is on his Star Destroyer. According to uh, Paxis's source, no flashes of any additional locations are seen during this fight. Ren keeps the link alive long enough to learn Ray's location and eventually pursues her in his Star Destroyer like before. Zori Bliss, which is again Carrie Russell, is introduced sometime during their time on this planet. Uh, once Kylo arrives, the heroes decide to sneak aboard and attempt to recover the Falcon prior to leaving. The rescue plan goes awry and the whole group gets captured by the First Order. It's at this point that two major things happen, okay? One, it is revealed that the First Order mole who had been feeding the Resistance information was General Hux. And he allows the heroes to escape while Kylo is distracted by dueling with Rey in person, okay? Second thing is, during this duel, Kylo adds another wrinkle to Rey's backstory. He maintains that while her parents are nobodies, her grandparents weren't. Kylo tells Rey that she is the granddaughter of... Mark? Palpatine. This explains his interest in bringing the random nobody from Jakku into the fold. The crew recovers the Falcon, Rey connects, or reconnects with them, and they all flee. Okay, so... This is my, <laughs> next, pro this is my next problem. Yeah, same. 
Well, I don't have a problem if she is. I do. <laughs> okay. And and apparently a lot of other people will as well. But again, I've talked about this and I said it a long time ago. One of the most interesting possibilities is that she is good, really good, and comes from the seed or line of pure evil. And Solo or Ben, Kylo, is bad, but he comes from a line of good people. Well, except for, except for Anakin, but still. You know, it's an interesting dichotomy that, that they're reversed. We've, no, we've already had that. It's called Vader and Luke. Right, but this time it's switched. It is the Skywalker saga. At this point, though, it might need to be the, the uh, La Saga du Palpatine. Well, that's one of the problems I have with it. Like, well, go ahead. Well, look, I'm just like... Wh- wh- the presence of Skywalker, and, and not only is that in the title of this movie, but this is the end of the Skywalker saga. It's the grand finale. And this feels more like a Palpatine movie than Skywalker related. And I know we haven't seen it. It's not fair to say that per se, but, and, and I'm also not saying that Ray needs to be a Skywalker, but I mean, it just seems like, like Palpatine's there to steal the show and be like, Hey, hey it's all about me. Well, I, okay. Let, let's catch the chase on something that is not revealed uh, in either Jason's report or uh, did practice's report. The title, the reason for the title is, is not revealed anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't necessarily get somebody saying, oh, look, it's an attack on the clones, you know, for episode two. Or I wonder who the Phantom Menace is for episode one. But you get an idea of what it is. Yeah. In this scenario, you'll, find, you'll see that coming up, there's not going to be much what the rise of Skywalker means. Right. Well, and so and- the thing is, you know, that's where I feel like we're missing something. That if they're going to say she is Palpatine or a Palpatine, then there's going to be a revelation for Skywalker or something that, that makes it his saga. They didn't call it the rise of the emperor. <laughs> you know, I, I have more issues though with this whole thing too. Not, not only not only from Ray's perspective, I don't think she should be related to the Emperor at all. Um, I feel like that the, as a fan theory that's been around for a while and it's been universally disliked for a while, and I think that they would know that. Um, but also, like, I get what you're saying before, but at the same time, this concept of somebody the, the moments revealed that our hero, who's been so good, is the descendant of the symbol of evil was the I am your father moment already. You know, I get it. I get their differences, but it's essentially the same thing. And uh, I don't like it from Palpatine's perspective either. Like, you don't think Palpatine uh, could be out there, you know, wooka, wooka, having a little good time? He's I, not that I, character? I don't want to know about it. Yeah, like, well, you remember in the original, uh, what was it, the original Expanded Universe? They went in deep on uh, who? Who was it? Was it Mar? Was Mara Jade? Uh, was she, was she the Emperor's girlfriend? Uh, was she the Emperor's hand, or was she? Or was she Tarkin's girlfriend? I don't. I just remember she was with Luke for a bit. I know, but Tarkin was sleeping with somebody at one point. I remember, or it was the Emperor. I remember going, "Dude, that's kind of weird." Yeah. Well, I mean, this would be too. I, I just. I don't know. 
I don't have sources in this, so I don't know what's true and what's not, but I feel like this would be a mistake that JJ would not want to make. And I think he, I, I don't know. Unless there's some groundbreaking way in which he does it that makes it seem awesome, I just don't see this working. I think you're wrong. I mean, I honestly have no problem with it. None. Zero. Other than I'd want to know how. I mean, I don't want to know how. I know how babies are born. I want to know, <laughs> you know. Well, they also, they would have needed to plant some seeds by now. Cause Not at necessarily. This, well, because well, at this point, again, there's so much anticipation over who she's related to. And then they say, absolutely nobody. And you go, okay. And then they go, okay, well, uh, your, your grandparents, your grandparent might have been somebody. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. It just seems well, like the a question is how he, The question is how he knows. Well, and honestly, it seems almost like a letdown of a plot twist to me. I don't know. Well, what would you want the plot twist to be, though? That's the thing. I mean, it doesn't you're... have to be one. Like, at this point, we've gotten used to the idea of her. She's, she's not related to anybody. Okay. So. Like, like, you're forcing a plot twist that's dissatisfying at this point. So let me get this straight. I'm just, I want to make sure we're on the same page here, that I understand you. Her being the son of somebody evil is, you know, a rehash, right? Correct? That, that you're offended by. <laughs> I wouldn't say offended, but... Uh, well, you, you know, you, you, it's a rehash, it's a rehash, you know, they've done it before. Um, but you haven't really complained about Death Star Destroyers. Oh, I, I think it's it's a little tired at this point, sure. Well, but, you know, or but, but that, well, base. But that makes more sense in world. Like, if you think about it in the context of the, from the character's perspective, they did the but Death so Star. Did, but so does this, though. It, you know, I used to watch, I used to watch, I'm going to, I used to watch Young and the Restless a lot with my wife. You know, it was something that she liked, so we watched it together. And it's five days a week. You know, we watched it for probably 10 years together to where I understood what was going on. And the amount of twins or mysterious, you know, person who's identical or doppelgangers or car crashes and lost memories and the same things would happen in cycles. You know, that's what that show was. And when it happened again and you remember seeing, I remember seeing somebody, you know, involved in that thing two seasons ago. You didn't really complain about it because that's what it is in that universe. So by the same token, you know, this is what Star Wars is. And it's suddenly, you know, oh, this person's related to this person. This person turned evil. It's Star Wars. It's what they do. What's, mo yeah. what's most important is, is it entertaining? If it's not entertaining, then we can nitpick it to death. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's like a letdown of a plot twist. And like Carrie Fisher said before Force Awakens came out that Star Wars is about family. And she's right. It is. And I think what was cool about this so far is that it's interesting with family and how Ben slash Kylo's turned out. But it's also interesting in that it's taken a different look at family from what Star Wars has before with Ray, Poe, and Finn kind of being a new type of family. But it also goes into the idea that, that, that you are not, you know, you are not who your parents are necessarily. Yeah, but we've, like, like we said before, that was the entire point, or really, of the original trilogy. No, the original trilogy was, was redemption. 
well, re- Redemption, sla- well, in Return of the Jedi, but the first two were about, or I guess more so Empire because of we didn't know in the first one. No, but, not, a, even, a major Empire, not theme. even Empire at all. It wasn't well, a major theme. Well, yeah, at like all. When, when Luke looks at his hand, mechanical hand, and looks down at Vader's, which is just cut off, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be my father. Jedi, not Empire? Yeah, well, I was, I, that's what I was saying. It's like the whole trilogy, really. But I mean, it's yeah, one of one of the storylines. Oh, sure, it's one of the storylines. But the theme is redemption. It's the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. Now, it wasn't always that way. It, it, it's it's kind of evolved more into Anakin's story than it was initially Luke's. Right. But you know, it's 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 definitely about redemption. And everybody's hoping that that you know. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo gets redeemed. It's so much about redemption. You know, we haven't got to that point yet, but is that going to make you angry if it happens? No. Why? It's already been done. And, you know, well, I don't, I, I don't really, I'm not obviously angry at you, but. Well, no, it's because I, just because <laughs> something has been done doesn't mean it's not going to work again in this story. However, okay, so, so the however, I think it's going to work. I'm like, however, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it's forced in there. So even with Ben, if redemption is seemingly forced, then I'll have a problem with it. But if it's not, and if it works, then cool. You think Palpatine being her grandfather is forced? Yeah. That's what I said. Up until this point, it's, there's no reason to do that at all. Okay. What if it comes out that it's always what George Lucas wanted? Are you feel better about it? No. (laughs) All right. Well, you're just angry then. No, I, I just, I don't know. Cause I just feel like it would be disappointing. But, and, and it's possible you, you, if it is, if this is how the story goes, if I'm sitting in the theater and I watch it and I go, wow, that went better than I thought, you know, that's possible. But I, I just, at face value, I, I feel like that's almost lazy writing. And, and I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not big with that. Well, but, people are already, people are already saying that uh, expect this type of thing because the guy who wrote, uh, the Martha scene or whatever in Batman vs. Superman is writing this. Yeah, Chris something. Chris Terrio, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And I like that. I like that idea, actually. It doesn't bother me at all. The uh, Martha. Let's, yeah, let's see, because we got, we got a bit more to go through here. All right, hurry up. Uh, where were we? Following her battle aboard the Star Destroyer and escape on the Falcon... Ray uses the newly gleaned information resulting from 3PO's modifications and the translation of the dagger to travel to Endor. At this time, it's a little unclear how Kylo gets appointed to be, but supposedly he's waiting for Ray in Palpatine's throne room aboard the wreckage of the second Death Star. Now, of course, they're going to fight. Um, at some point, Ray begins to tap into some uh, hatred, you know, like dark sideness to gain the upper hand, and consequently, she does defeat Kylo, uh, and it actually even says leaving him for dead on the wreckage of the Death Star. Rey takes possession of Palpatine's Wayfinder and leaves. And apparently the Dark Rey moment is, again, when she... It's a short sequence that happens right after Rey picks up Palpatine's Wayfinder. Now, here's something else I just noticed again. I want to go back to the making Star Wars report to see if I have this right. Um... Yeah, see, this is another slight difference between the two reports. This is that Kylo's already there. They fight. She wins. And then she takes the Wayfinder, and she has the vision, right? 
in the making Star Wars report, it says that when she touches it, that allows Kylo to find her because of the Force bond. So he wouldn't be just defeated in the same room kind of thing. And he wouldn't be looking for her if they were just fight. You know what I mean? Right, so right. That seems like another potential difference between the two. Anyway, uh, let's see. It says that while lying in the wreckage of the Death Star in his weakened state, Kylo Ren reportedly sees the vision of his father. Now, this has been discussed again in the past on the show. We talked about the idea of Harrison Ford being involved with this movie. Um, it's unclear at this time if it's actually seen and, and visual like Harrison Ford here, or if it's uh, uh, hallucination, a voice, or whatever, according to the post. Um, but that the idea is that Han tells Kylo it's never too late to change, and when he leaves Endor, he would leave as uh, not Kylo Ren, but as Ben Solo. Now, this is going off a of memory, but I believe when it was previously reported in the past, they said that Harrison Ford had filmed new scenes for this, right? Yes. Okay. And I also seem to remember them saying that it was a vision induced by Luke. Yes. Or Luke was involved with the vision somehow. Right. So, again, that's similar. Kind of gives you an idea of how some details might be shifting or something, but that's there. Um, it says that the duel was a critical tipping point for Rey as well. Um, after her confrontation, she takes the Wayfinder and flees to Octo to collect her thoughts. Her mindset is reportedly mirrored to Luke's while he was uh, there prior to the events of The Last Jedi. The vision of a possible dark future for herself, in conjunction with the fact that she nearly killed Kylo, scared Rey in the same way that considering killing Ben in his sleep scared Luke many years prior. She feared the path that she was headed down and decides to swear off the Jedi, exiling herself on Octo. Rey scuttles the ship she used to get there, just like Luke once did, and she caps it off by casting Anakin's reconstructed lightsaber toward her ship. So I'm guessing, like, into the ocean. Just when it looks like the Jedi Order is going to end again. It uh, looks like Luke Skywalker appears, and he's holding her discarded lightsaber, and basically gives her a pep talk. Uh... And he tells her to finish the work he did 30 years earlier and put an end to the Emperor for good. Apparently he well, and, and... Oh. And it's almost... If 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 she scuttles her ship... Scuttle means put it in the water, right? Yeah. Okay, so if she's throwing her lightsaber or Luke's lightsaber over a cliff, that's a mirror of, you know, Luke tossing the lightsaber over a cliff in Last Jedi. So now it's kind of like... You know, a joke, you know, and not a joke so much, but like, you know, it's poetic. Circles come, yeah, I, you know, it, which makes me almost think there's some truth to it. Yeah. No, and I or, do like the poetic element of it. What don't you like about it? Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really have a major issue with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tim doesn't have a problem. <laughs> is it, is this new? No, not really. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh yeah, and anyway, it also says that apparently he then gives her uh, Leia's lightsaber to use. And then she then takes Leia's lightsaber, transmits the location of the Sith fleet to the Resistance, and then goes on out herself. And where's this lightsaber been? I guess on Octo somewhere. You would think, you know, if he wasn't such an a-hole of a brother, that when he, oh, he never really went there. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We answer well, our own questions for I'm talking. 
I keep forgetting Luke never really went to uh saw and saw his sister. Right. Well, you know, and another thing too, this is interesting with, uh, I can't, I have to wonder why he, he would do that. Like if he already caught the Anakin saber and gave it back to her, why is he like, oh, here's a second one. I mean, unless they plan on giving her an Ahsoka moment where she uses two at once. I mean, I understand we'll get there in a minute why two plays into it. But from Luke's perspective, I'm like, why do you need to give her two? Right. If she already has one that you, I don't know. Anyway, on the subject of Force Ghosts, Luke's makes another appearance around the time of Rey and Kylo's Crisis of Faith. Back at the main Resistance base, Leia is on her deathbed. My source describes, or er, er, Paxus's source, describes it to me like Yoda's death in Return of the Jedi. Nothing bad happened, it was just her time to go. Luke has come to say goodbye, but before it all ends for her, or er, for Leia, he has one final lesson for her, it says, with an ellipsis. So what that means, who knows, but... Seems to indicate that there's something there. It seems to indicate he's teaching her how to be a force ghost. Well, that'd be cool. Because it's almost shadowing. It's almost shadowing uh, uh, the scene from Revenge of the Sith, where right. I've learned from your old master one lesson, you know, or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, and then he says, from what he's been able to put together, the final act of the film is structured as following. Ray leaves Octo and travels to the Sith fleet in the Unknown Regions. Eventually, the Resistance fleet arrives and battle ensues. Somehow, Ray finds her way to the Emperor, who has been waiting for her. Palpatine confirms that what Kylo told her was true. Apparently, after his defeat at Death Star 2, Palpatine was shaken by the fact that he wasn't able to maintain his hold on Vader or seduce Luke to the darkness due to their familial bond. During the course of their conversation, Palpatine makes reference to this bond between Vader and Luke, and likens it to his bond with Rey, hoping that whatever familial connection they have will be enough to win her over and become as strong as that of the Skywalkers. Rey is trapped in the Emperor's throne room, watching two opposing fleets battle while she, is help while she helplessly gazes onward. It's at this point that Kylo slash Ben reappears. How we get to this next part is still a little bit fuzzy, but apparently Ben and Rey join forces and begin attacking Palpatine. All right, sorry. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, would be uh, good. Leia's lightsaber comes back into play when uh, Rey and Kylo share the Skywalker lightsabers throughout their fight. At some point, the Emperor overpowers them both and supposedly kills Ben. Uh, when it looks like all hope is lost, the ghosts of Luke and Leia show up to aid Rey. Together, they overpower the Emperor and his and end his darkness once and for all. As for what okay. the other members of the what? No, go on. Well, here's okay. Before you start going, on, here's where I'm really confused. Yeah, I can see that there's footage to have her be to have Leia, you know, do lightsaber training with Rey. Then you start getting okay. There's footage to have her be young Leia. Uh, all right. There's footage to have her die on her deathbed, huh? And now there's footage to have Force Ghost Leia like, fighting oh. against right. the Emperor. So there, there's some point that it, you know, yeah. And and honestly, Force Ghost floating potentially. Uh, I mean, imagine imagine if this is the leftover stuff from her being uh, Leia Poppins. Oh man. 
that they just used her like flying to uh you know kind of do it that's not gonna go over well I'll I'll say my thoughts on that until the end because it's kind of the whole final act, I guess. Next is, is for what the other members of the Resistance are doing at this point. They are engaged in a space battle between Palpatine's fleet led by General Pride and, I guess, and the Resistance. Um, the Resistance's goal is supposedly to take out the flagship, severing communications and making navigation out of the unknown regions impossible. The flagship is destroyed around the same time that the Emperor dies. The last thing I was told is regarding the final sequence of the film. Wait, did you uh, skip? Did you skip who the who the traitor was? No, I said it. Wow, what was I doing? I don't I know. Comment on it. I did like a dramatic pause and everything. Anyway, huh. it says he he didn't know why, but our heroes travel to Tatooine. During these scenes, it's supposedly revealed that Ray has uh, taken parts of Anakin and Luke's lightsaber as well as Leia's, to make one of her own that supposedly has a yellow or gold blade. She buries the leftover pieces on the grounds of the former Lars homestead. The final shots of the Skywalker saga allegedly echo how the adventure began in 77, our heroes gazing at the horizon, dreaming of the future as twin suns set in the distance. Okay, couple so wait, things. So it's, wait, it's Kylo and Rey standing there? Well, no, because according to his report, he says Ben actually dies. Okay. Like dead, dead. So again, who's the rise of the Skywalker? Unless Shmi Skywalker comes out of her grave, <laughs> you know, at the end, and it's like to be kind. Of, I'm geez. back, right? So who's the rise? It could, it's a rise. She's rising out of her grave. Yep, there we go. I win. And just she just wakes up. Man, that was a long nap. Where's Anakin? Yep. Because like yeah. technically, you know, her dying is kind of what set this whole thing in motion. And and you know there's uh, okay you're gonna say something oh no go ahead no I I'm just kind of putting my thoughts together and, and you talking helps me it no. gives me more things to think about so well one thing I was gonna say real quick is I like the idea of Ray having a gold slash yellow lightsaber however um he said above that supposedly Leia's lightsaber was also blue so I don't know how you get kyber crystals two of them that are blue. And make a yellow one. Yeah, because what yellow? Uh, what is it? Blue and red make what? Orange? No. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Sure. I don't know. They don't make yellow though. Correct. What makes yellow? Is yellow a primary? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I've been so. out of school a long time. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So yellow and blue make green. But what makes yellow? Nothing. Maybe. I don't know. Someone's going to let us know. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you could, of course, you could always come across a, another one or something, but I don't know. It seems like there's not a whole lot of room for her to just randomly pick up a yellow kyber crystal. Um. Anyway. Maybe she got it from the broom boy. Hey, you never know. But, you know, that... That's interesting. It feels like that whole plot line has been dropped in this. The whole concept of this next generation of Jedi, you know, yeah, that was that was like the the hint at the end of the Last Jedi was being like, okay, there's gonna be this new generation, maybe race training them, she's starting over, whatever. There's like none of that. No, because I don't think it's important to the story. You have to assume things like that will happen afterwards. I, I guess, but you would at least like to have, and well, maybe there is a reference to it in there. Um, okay, so. 
thoughts about this thing. First thought is I am not as much of a fan. It's still it's not bad. I'm not as much of a fan of Ghost Luke and Leia showing up to help the living beat a living emperor. You know, we we've had this discussion before about our own ideas. I think it's much more satisfying to have oh God, yeah. to have like the you know, Leia and Luke and Anakin fighting alongside Ben to be defeating Force Emperor. Correct. That's way better. <laughs> like, way better. Yeah, because then it's all about family. And it's the rise of Skywalker, you know? Right. In, the, be, in the final you'd act. To, you'd be willing to forgive uh, uh, um, Palpatine Ray at that point. You'd be like, I don't oh, care yeah. that she's related. Look at yeah. this. It's the Skywalker's fighting. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Right. Yeah. You'd be like, she could be Palpatine's sister. I don't care. Because yeah. you're getting Anakin in there, too. She could be a modified Palpatine clone, and I still bring might back, care, but a little less. Padme Skywalker, like, boom. Huh. Nah, I, yeah. I... Anyway, like I said, what's there isn't bad, but... You know, that other idea was a lot better. So, and to be fair, it isn't, he hasn't said that Anakin doesn't show up, but I think it would be in there if he did. Um, another thing is, is here where it says that, that Kylo just like dies permanently dead by see and ever. Um, because Jason has said, and he knows that in here where other sources, but Jason has talked about how he kind of dies, but like not really. And I've seen it in other mediums and other uh, leaks and stuff where basically he um, like partially sacrifices himself and like should die, but doesn't. Some people have said it's because Luke helps him like from the other side to, to keep him from dying. But I don't know. Like it's, it's weird. I feel like there's a, a decent amount of truth in this. But I can't buy a hundred percent into all of it, and and I hope that not a hundred percent of it is is accurate. Maybe like get, seventy, um, but the ending, like if they have an end credits thing, it should be like a, a trial for Hux, <laughs> like for genocide. I mean, because Hux, you know, huh? What do you say? No, I just said I mean, I mean, he's still more than everybody. I, b- I believe he will have killed more than uh, than Tarkin. Probably. At that point, right? Probably. Can't just let him walk away. And he's, I don't think he's doing it for any good reason anyways, other than he just hates Kylo. Yeah, I, th- I think he just wants to undermine him, you know? Yeah. And But see, and, and that's the other thing. You know, General Price is revealed at the very last second in this. Yeah. In, in the spoiler. And, you know... I imagine you don't get a guy that great to just suddenly appear on a bridge at the end. I mean, maybe you do, but he can't have much meaningful dialogue if he first appears in the middle of a battle. I mean, we can see him commanding starships or whatever, just having minimal dialogue, but a larger presence. You know, doesn't it feel weird that they didn't it feel weird that they took pictures of him um, with Hux for, um, like some of the previews, but he won't be with Hux. Is that right? 
Uh, I mean, kind of, but at the same time, like we got pictures of Luke and Leia hugging for The Last Jedi in, in costumes that they were not in the scene together in in the movie. That's true. I will give you that. So uh, anyway, just so so if all this if all this is generally true, I mean obviously little things will change here and there, but if this is generally, you know, like a telephone version of what the real story is, what do you think? What's your reaction? Will you be satisfied, or will you be like, no? Will, will this be your last Jedi for some people? I, I, it won't be my last Jedi. Um, I if it's true, I think it will be good. Um, whether or not it's amazing is going to depend on the execution. And I, I do have confidence that JJ would be able to execute any script very well. Um, it's not optimal. You know, there are things that I would like better about it as we just referenced with the final act, for example. Um, but again, to be fair, I think I just saw not that long ago that JJ said something about they're, they're still working on and still editing the final sequence. So, I mean, right, so who knows? This, this could be a really old version of a, of a, you know, of a screenplay. Because, like, originally, as we've discussed in the past, with uh, Return of the Jedi, where uh, Yoda and Obi Wan step in to assist Luke against the Emperor, right? They can right. be doing using that as like a instead of a copy and paste, just using it as an initial storyline, and then they can then modify it into something more like what we discussed, perhaps. Well, that was the ending up until, you know, very, I mean, not, not very, it didn't film it or anything, but it wasn't changed until the end. So let's say he's working off, Jedi Praxis's source is working off, you know, an older screenplay. You know, there's obviously going to be stuff in it that's very similar. Right. Yeah. But so... I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't really have a problem with this, this overall. It's, it's not concerning to me if this is the ending. And like you said, execution, because it can be flat on paper, but once you see the visuals, it could be incredible. Right. So. But a couple of things, though, that, again, I do feel like I would rather have be the case. We talked about the ending already. I also still prefer the, the Palpatine, like, spirit thing, because not only is that great for uh, actual storyline just in the first place, but also it does such a better job of connecting this trilogy to the previous ones if you can make it that uh, Snoke was Palpatine influenced this whole time. That provides a streamlined story through all nine. At this point, with no connection between Snoke and Kylo, it's just that the Emperor's been just on his own for 30 years trying to build up a comeback for this movie. That makes 7 and 8 still a little disconnected from the first ones, and it makes 9 seem like a desperate attempt to be like, oh, uh, yeah, we're still part of the first ones, of the original okay, trilogy. Okay, so I just remembered something. The the third source, right? The one that's actually delivered stuff before. He looks like, he sounds like he he's seen video. Does that make sense? Wh- which one are you talking about? I don't know. I just saw it recently. Okay. Um, but I think it's I think it's the Bestman Bulletin or whatever. He sounds like he's seen video because he's talking about how they, uh, Daisy and um, uh, what's his name? Adam are seen on set together for this scene. They seem very happy. But what he says is that while Ray is fighting Palpatine, Kylo's fighting the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that's right. I, I have the Bespin report here. You remember it's what shorter. I'm talking? 
Yeah, it, it's shorter than the others. But yeah, he just he confirms again that General Hux is the informant, uh, and that he actually uh, shoots uh, troopers to help save the uh, Finn and Poe and Chewie. Okay. Um, it says on the forest jungle we uh, moon jungle thing, uh, world we see Ray cross legged meditating and levitating, just like she uh, Luke was in the Last Jedi. The Death Star wreckage planet is Endor. Ewoks are seen there. They do nothing of note, but are seen in shots watching the Resistance. Ray and yes. Kylo uh, fight through the Force with the, one in a ship and the other on a planet. The sets were built next to one another and used uh, huge LED screens. Ray, right, so doesn't it seem like oh. he's seen something a little bit? Yeah, it really you know, like either stills or uh, like a cameraman is talking to him or something like that. Because right, right, yeah, um, this is what you're talking about. Ray fights Emperor Palpatine while Kylo fights off the Knights of Ren, seemingly concurrently. Palpatine uses a lightsaber in the fight. Right. See, that's another thing. You know, if he's like 113 years, I mean, I know the dark side pathway, blah blah blah. I know, but like, it'd be much better to have like a Matt Smith. Knight of Ren be possessed by Palpatine and take a lightsaber and fight them rather than shriveled up Sheev trying to still... I agree, but like, you have to you have to have him. There's no way she can take him, and people will probably argue that yes, she can, but there's no way that she can take him in a fight if he's at full power. Right. If, if he is Revenge of the Sith Palpatine, there's no way she's getting anywhere close to beating him. Right. Mace went to beat him, and he was considered, like, the best swordsman, right? Yeah, and he barely beat him. Right. Yoda would have beaten him, probably, but he got all tricky and, and throwing stuff around. But even then, it was close. Yeah. So, there, you know, there's no way she is without, because she doesn't have the training that they did. Luke couldn't even beat Palpatine straight up in a fight. Yeah. Vader couldn't beat Palpatine straight up in a fight. So... She may be holding her own against an aged, decrepit man. But obviously, you know. So the thing is, that, and I believe this guy for whatever reason. Yeah, I know, I did too. He's, this means a lot of stuff's left out from the Jedi Praxis stuff. Or a lot of stuff's old. Or a lot of stuff is just the real homogenized, like, you know, we're not getting into the details. Because where'd the Knights of Ren come from? Yeah, you, you don't even hear them talked about at all, really, in Jedi practices. Uh, right, in his post report. Know. Yeah, it's like real kind of, hey, it's a friend. Well, so, he, he, just to wrap up, he also says that, again, Dark Ray is a vision, and that uh, Ian McDermott was on set for that. He says that Ray and Kylo share Anakin's lightsaber during a fight where they've learned how to use their force bond at a new level. Doesn't say anything about Leia's lightsaber there. It just says that they share Anakin's. Kylo Which suggests something that they talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Where they take force powers to a new level or whatever. Right. Uh, Kylo and Rey confront Palpatine. Ian was on set. Palpatine was next to a bunch of mechanical stuff, including what looks like some kind of big mechanical arm. He might have actually been attached to this mechanical stuff. Rey and Ren are seemingly civil with one another. So right, that, that's that's the part I was referring to. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. It's, this is a set report from somebody. Yeah. 
Uh, Ray and, and Kylo are at ease with each other in a cave with their, oh, I said this before, with a red pyramid-shaped device, only a tad bigger than hand size. Um, a, a holocron. So, yeah. That's, that's, just, not in the, that's not in the report, but that's what it is. Let's get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, yeah, that wraps up what Bespin Bulletin put out as far as, uh, and, and this isn't like a big leak from him. He's just saying this is what he's heard regarding the leaks recently. So that kind of casts into doubt a, a decent amount of uh, the Jedi Praxis stuff. So it's, it's kind of up in the air. You know, I, I, I definitely appreciate each of the three of these guys coming out with, with their information uh, to try and get this figured out because um, there are some questions and, and some slight but still present contradictions between some of them. Like what I mentioned before with uh, the making Star Wars and, and Paxis ones, like, for example, with the, the dagger, you know, is that after they fight and then she sees the vision or is she touch it and that's how Kylo finds out where they are? You know, those are different stories. So I feel like, like yeah, we have general concepts of what happens um, are there, but maybe like somebody filled in the, the gaps before they told it to one of these people. Are, it's hard to tell. Um, I definitely feel like, yeah, we, we're, we're closer to what the actual movie is going to be like, but as far as details and potentially important details, there's still some stuff to be determined. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like at least Jedi Praxis is in the right ballpark. Yeah, oh, for sure. Now, he may be watching a different game, but at least he's got the components right. You know, and, and it, it does sound like he's working from a, a script. Mm-hmm. That that may be incomplete. Maybe somebody didn't want to share. Either or script, somebody, or what about like set notes or something like that? Could be set notes, or it could be somebody read a script and then is just like writing it all down. Yeah, looks like I could see where I remember when the set notes for the Force Awakens came out. You know, I could see somebody taking. I mean, not saying that this is what's going on to him, but like his source could get set notes. I was taking that and. and some things being like lost in translation or again, filling in the lines or something like that to coming up with what he has in his post to where it's, it's the right idea, but not carbon copy of the movie facts. Right. It's all interesting. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, of course I want to hear what everybody else thinks about this and, and if what your thoughts are, whether it's uh, about the, the leaks overall, their legitimacy or, even about what's said in them about the relationships or if Palpatine's a spirit, if he's here in person, you know, let us know what you think about it all. Um, I'm really curious. This is, this is fun because we got force Friday. Don't forget that's coming up here pretty soon. And uh, you never know, maybe we'll see something there that can tip us off to, to figuring out some of this some more. I think some, some leaks already started coming out today from some hot wheels products and things like that. So, um, we got First Friday coming up soon. We have a lot. We, this is going to give us a couple weeks worth of speculation, I would say, these leaks here. And then, of course, whatever comes out between now and in the next couple of weeks to further verify or uh, you know disprove or whatever with these. Um, it's definitely giving us some food to work on. And First Friday is coming up. And before you know it, it's only just over a month away from tickets and a new, uh, new full trailer for the movie. So... It's really starting, and it's going to happen fast. So I'm ready for it. I'm enjoying it. I want to hear what everybody else has to think. And Mark, any other thoughts you have on these things before we go? No, I'm good. (laughs) 
All right. Well, again, it's been so... I, I've enjoyed talking about it. It's been fun. Yeah, it really has been a lot of fun. I, I really am genuinely looking forward to learning more and seeing how this unfolds. Um, I'm very curious about it and about the process. So uh, we'll be back and we'll bring you further updates and see what happens. Bye, everybody. Oh, man, I whispered bye. And I don't know if you could tell because I, I said it right when you said I heard bye, it. everybody. Oh, I you heard did? It. You yeah. did? Okay. Yes, I heard you said bye. All right, that's cool.